Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Leading Worship. I'm Nick Ajamudi, joined here with my good friend Andy Chrisman. Andy, how are you today? I'm good, Nick. How are you doing? Doing awesome, man. Uh, today, we're going to go ahead and dive straight into today's topic. Um, I kind of want to unpack some uh, buzzwords in, in, in the worship world and the worship field. So um, we're going to kind of play off of each other a little bit, Andy, but um, I want to kind of maybe demystify some, some words that get thrown around uh, when it comes to worship experiences that we have and talk about what they, what they mean, just in case there is any confusion. So are, are you ready to dive in? Yes, this is exciting <laughs> okay. and, terrifying, and terrifying at the same time. And terrifying at the same time. So um, the first term, I mean, really, I, I, everything that I'm going to talk about is our, our terms that, are, that I would consider to be like spiritual terms or super spiritual or hyper spiritual when it comes yeah. to worship experiences. And so uh, the first one I want to talk about, and it's almost like there's, there's two that kind of get thrown around together, but this idea of spirit-led worship or presence-driven worship. A lot of times when I hear that term, I think about uh, like the Bethel, Bethel music and, and, and the circle of Bethel. Um, but it's essentially um, just this uh, flowy type of worship, which I love, by the way. Um, I, I'm a, I'm a both and guy when it comes to just getting really practical for a second, plan, you know, singing some songs with the track, but then also leaving some space, um, somewhere in the set in multiple areas, even depending on where we're, what we're doing, where we can flow a little bit. So I'm, I'm a both and guy. Um, but let's talk a little bit about this idea or this concept of spirit led worship. What does that, what does that term mean to you? And, um, and yeah, let's, un let's unpack that. So, um, Nick, I want to tell you a little bit about my story. I, I, I've kind of been on the full circle of, of worship. Like, um, I grew up in the leading my little Southern Baptist church in worship. We didn't call it worship back then. We called it a hymn service and, uh, we just sang out of the hymnal and that's what I was doing. That's how I kind of that's how I got my feet wet in leading worship when I was like 15, 16 years old. I was the hymn leader at my church. And so, man, I have fond memories of that. Those were, those were really beautiful times. I look back on now that I mm -hmm. kind of I reminisce on, on, you know, what I took for granted back then. And then I, then I kind of got into a church in, in, in college that was a Baptocostal church, which was, <laughs> was still Southern Baptist, but it was very free. And there were people dancing in the aisles and speaking in tongues and, you know, we, you know, we, I grew up not hearing about the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And then here I'm going to a Southern Baptist church that ended up getting kicked out of the Southern Baptist convention because they talked about being filled with the Holy Spirit and, you know, the, wow. the gifts of the Spirit being in the services. And, uh, and then I got on the road, uh, with a group called Truth with a bunch of Pentecostals, like Church of God and Assembly of God people that were as far to the other end as you could go. On, on Holy Spirit and <laughs> let's go and that was that was so eye opening. In fact, one of the Nick, one of the first services, uh, first concerts I did. I think I was in the group maybe I don't know three months, and we went to the Brooklyn Tabernacle oh, and sang on. there. And I saw a whole new experience of Spirit led, um, and just in the you know it was it was super planned, like the whole service was super planned. But there were Holy Spirit moments that were yeah. that were happening 
throughout the service that were just blowing my mind. And, you know, during those years of, of touring, I played in Pentecostal churches and Baptist, Southern Baptist churches, Methodist churches, Catholic churches, Presbyterian churches, Episcopalian churches, even going overseas and being in Russian Orthodox services and, and Greek, Greek Orthodox churches, just ran, running the gamut of of different worship styles. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in my mid-50s now, and I've been serving as a worship leader and a worship pastor almost my whole life. And I'll just tell you this, I, I, I resonate with what you said earlier, that you're a an all and like I I think it's all good. I think that mm-hmm. I think the spirit is there when we gather together in the name of Jesus. Um, the Holy Spirit is with us. That you know um, when Jesus left this earth, he said, "I'm going to send you a helper who will be yeah. here until I return." And so you know, there's no doubt according to Scripture and and according to you know how how we've experienced. Uh, our relationship with with God, that the Holy Spirit is here all the time. So I go back and just go, you know, before I before I was uh, exposed to being filled with the Holy Spirit in a in a separate, you know, situation, was I led by the Spirit when I was sixteen years old leading worship? I believe I was. Yeah. The Holy Spirit was there doing what He was doing, um, and then you know, and I, what I don't want to do in this podcast is get into, you know. Is there get into the theology of is there, a, yep. you know, indwelling all that kind of stuff? Um, because I just, man, I, some of my best friends and, and greatest mentors in ministry, you know, will tell you they don't believe in that. And mm-hmm. you know what? I think they're some of the godliest men in the world. So, you know, I've, I've been able to kind of walk that line between. And, uh, you know, I have my personal beliefs. I don't, I don't want to want to share them on this podcast, but I have my personal beliefs and all that. But, you know, um, you know, my thoughts overall on this issue are, man, if, if you if you get into if, if you say yes to the service of ministry and you put yourself under the direction of Jesus Christ, who's the head of the church, then my goodness, yes, the Holy Spirit is involved in everything that you do. Then the, what, what you learn along the way is and this is what we'll unpack here on this on this episode is how do we. How do we yield to the Holy Spirit? How do we know when the Holy Spirit maybe is taking us a different direction? Do mm-hmm. we build in time for the Holy Spirit? And and you and I both definitely have some some uh, uh, specific thoughts on that. Yeah, that's a, such a great answer. Um, I actually, just to kind of piggyback off of your story, mine is actually a little bit of the opposite. I grew up in more of a charismatic Pentecostal circle. And then when I went to college, I actually started attending the Baptist Collegiate Ministry there. So I kind of had the charismatic experience to start, yeah. um, lots of feelings and emotions and things like that. And then I went into like hardcore, um, like discipleship and grounding myself into like small group and community and things. Not that those circles do all of those things, but that was just my experience. Um, but I remember being in college and on Sunday nights, our college group would go to Baptist churches around our city and we would do the 6 p.m. service for a lot of churches. And, and they would, we would try to raise money for missions and uh, college missions. And I remember going to a church and we were leading 
And in the very back of the sanctuary, I remember an old lady, like probably raised her hand to about here, halfway. And, um, and I remember thinking, man, this service is dead. And I, and the pastor came up to us after and said, guys, that was like, did you see her like lift her hand? Like people never lift a hand here. And we were kind of joking about it, but, um, I think it taught me even in that moment when I was like 22, uh, that we don't measure it's, it, you can never measure whether the spirit's moving or not by response in the room, mm-hmm. um, or anything else. We just have to have a deep knowing on the inside of us as leaders yeah. that God is with us, that God is for us, that he never leaves us or forsakes us and that his spirit is with us and guiding us. And we've got to have that confidence, um, along the way. And it's not pride. It is, it is literally, God, we need you to lead us and guide us mm-hmm. through this, this next 20, 30 minutes, whatever it is. And it's a yielding. There's a yielding involved every time that we lead. It's not, Hey, we have it all together. I think we can be confident in our preparation and still have that tension of God. We still need you to show up and do what only you can do. Like we take yeah. what we've done in the natural and combine that with who he is in the supernatural. And we see God do miracles. That to me is, is like summing up what spirit led or presence driven means. Yeah. It's this awareness. I just want to have an awareness of God in me, through me, and then among us in the room. Um, and so that, that's, that, hopefully that's helping. Uh, if you're listening and you're like, well, what does spirit led or presence driven mean? A lot of times though, when we use that term, we're actually talking about structure. Um, and spontaneity. Yeah. So if there's a spontaneous moment in worship, it was like, man, that was so spirit led. And while there's truth to that, I also feel like the structure part can also be spirit led. Yeah, I agree. And I think we need to, I want to go back to the beginning just one more time that you know, the Bible is very clear that we can't say Jesus is Lord without the prompting of the Holy Spirit. So just being able to get on stage and do what we do is the leading of the Holy Spirit. We and we can't we can't get people to lift their hands. We can't man, and that's manipulation. The Bible says that manipulation is a spirit of witchcraft. So mm-hmm. to try and manipulate people through emotion and and art to respond to God is that's that's not what God intended at all. It's right. it's it's it, it is doing our part and getting ourselves ready and understanding the Spirit is with us, and then we rely on the Holy Spirit to move in the room and to encourage people to sing with us and to and to lift their hands and to clap their hands and respond and we you know that that i i have this conversation a lot with with worship pastors and worship leaders in fact i had this conversation yesterday with a young lady who leads worship and they were just they were they there was a feeling of tiredness and there was a feeling that they were um uh, they weren't hitting the mark in worship, hmm. like maybe they weren't planning the right sets, and you know they weren't getting seeing the response that they wanted to see, and maybe that their their executive team was hoping to see. And what I told her was really uh, mind blowing for her. Was like, I, that's not your job. Your job is not to elicit a response. Your job is to stay faithful in what God's called you to do. Go out there and do your best. Then that's yeah. the Holy Spirit's job. You can just yeah. relax. Just go out there and do what you do. And you know what? The Holy Spirit's going to do what he's going to do. And you don't have any control over that. And so I think it's, this is something that I take on stage with me is I, I'm just going to go do what I'm called to do and do it to the best of my ability. And then the Holy Spirit takes care of the rest. 
That's so great. I even feel like just that statement, the awareness of the Holy Spirit being with you should relax you. If you're yeah. leading worship and I don't care what platform you're on, how big your church is, how many services you do, when you realize that, man, God is with us in this moment, I, like I get terrified to lead or I get terrified to sing at weddings and funerals <laughs> because both of those settings, it feels more like a performance than it does when I'm singing with people and leading right. a moment of, of worship. Um, well, and, and the way and to I, get past that, the way to get past that, Nick, and I know you, I know you have done this, but the way to get past that is to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit is to spend more time with the Holy Spirit, is to study the Holy Spirit in the Word, to to read books about the Holy Spirit. Uh, man, there's a book that really changed my course of direction on how I thought about the Holy Spirit. It's a book called The Holy Spirit by John Brevere, and it's yeah. wonderful just how yeah. he unpacks the uh, the attributes of the Holy Spirit, and there's such a sense of, there's such a sense of uh, uh, that I don't have to do this on my own that I'm mm -hmm. not fully responsible for everything that happens in a service yeah. because that's the Holy Spirit's job. That's what he's here to do uh, yeah. until Jesus returns. So to be able to, yeah, to, uh, and I love, I'm, I'm kind of the opposite. I love weddings and funerals because <laughs> I feel like that's where the Holy Spirit almost uses me the most to comfort people yeah. and to, sure. you know, to, to really work through me and my voice to bring uh, this, this special occasion uh, a lot more meaning than, you know, if the, if the Holy Spirit wasn't there. So uh, again, you know, for those of you that are listening and you're, you're early on this journey, or maybe you've kind of hit a, you've kind of hit a slow spot in your worship leading. The Holy Spirit is the energizer. The Holy Spirit is the one that can recharge your batteries. And, and, and honestly, the Holy Spirit is, is saying, let me do more of the work. You know, mm -hmm. don't, don't feel like you've got to do it all yourself. I'm here and I'm just, I'm just ready to join with you as we do this together. So good. Yeah. Equipping and empowering. It's what he does uh, to us as we lead. And it's what he wants to do and encourage uh, our church with when we do sing, when we do gather together. So, and I know we've did a whole, a whole podcast about lyrics and, um, and acknowledging the Trinity um, in our sets and things yeah. like that. But just to, you know, as a friendly reminder, like look, go look at your last six sets that you've done or last six weeks and look at like, have we, have we sung enough about the Holy Spirit and, or do we need to sing more or is it, are we singing too much, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and, yeah. and where's the, where's the balance, right? So, yeah. um, so, okay, this is really, really good conversation and I love it. So, th so the next word I want to unpack is the word, uh, prophetic, uh, prophetic worship. So is like, I, I, I love prophetic worship. But I also have this thought or this question about prophetic worship, and that is, uh, well, actually, I want to ask you, what does prophetic worship mean to you, Andy? So I think in a way, uh, because of our relationship with the Holy Spirit, that we're all prophetic. Um, you know, I wouldn't say that we're all prophets, and, and I think that word gets used pretty liberally. Um, and I know that I know that there is a, you know, Paul talks about this, that there there is a there's a spiritual gift of prophecy, and there are, there are prophets that are appointed for the church. Uh, just personally, in my journey, in my view, uh, I, I see us claiming the word of God over situations and believing 
that God is who he says that he is, and, and actually seeing into the supernatural. I mean, this is what the prophets did. They saw into the supernatural and saw what God was going to do, and God spoke directly to them in the Old Testament so that they could, number one, either warn the people or encourage the people of Israel. Uh, that that's what we do. We are we are in the prophetic when we sing. Now, as long as our as long as our lyrics match up with the Word of God, and mm-hmm. and we want to be able to say exactly what the Word of God tells us to say. And when you pray and you believe, you're being prophetic. Yeah. Right. Uh, the Bible tells us that that uh, uh, whoever uh, whoever prays must believe that God exists and then he is the rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So you have to expect that God hears you and that he is rewarding your faithfulness and he's answering your prayers. That's prophetic because you're talking about something that hasn't arrived yet and you believe mm-hmm. for it. You you believe yeah. that God is doing this. What you do with, with the Holy Spirit in worship is I believe the Holy Spirit's going to show up. I'm being prophetic just yeah. in, my, in my anticipation that, oh yeah, the Holy Spirit's going to be here. And I may have a part of the service where I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen there, but I'm not worried about it because mm-hmm. I know the Holy Spirit is at work. That's yeah. prophetic. And so that's that's about as deep as I go in, yeah. in talking about prophetic worship. Um, I haven't studied it a ton, and but I do know that, that because of my relationship with the Holy Spirit, that I am in some way um, uh, engaged in prophecy and, and uh, praying that over my family and over yeah. my friends and over my church. And 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 the things I know that God is going to do when we're faithful. Yeah, that's good. I like how you separated and, and just said, hey, yeah, that, you know, there is a gift of prophecy, but worship in and of itself, there's a built in, there's a prophetic nature to worship, just like you said. And, and really that doesn't start when you step on the platform. It actually starts when you begin planning your set because worship uh, becomes right. prophetic to me prophetic uh being prophetic is what is god's word for the now moment so if being prophetic is what is is praying and asking god god what is your word for the now moment in our church in this setting that, that we're about to lead it starts with planning the set so your prophetic gifting for your congregation starts when you start putting your set together and asking God, God, what would you have us sing? What truth would you have us lean into this week? What is the thing that's needed for our church yeah. and for, for our community? That's, that's when prophetic worship begins is even in the planning. <laughs> your right. planning can, your planning can be prophetic. Yeah. Um, but sometimes we, we try to, and this is why I want to unpack these words because we use them, like you said, liberally or loosely. Um, but, but understanding that like, if you are a worship leader, you are prophetic because you are called to bring God's word to the, to the now. It's really when heaven and earth collide. It's, it's taking God's truth and applying it to circumstances in our lives and, and ask and stirring up faith for the, and believe it, like you said, believing God for things that are not as though they were. Right. And that's what, that's what being prophetic is. So in a sense, all worship is prophetic. Were you going to add something? Oh yeah. So it just reminded me of an, of, of this thought that I've been studying lately that, um, you know, there are, we, we see temples all through the Bible, right? Um, and in the evolution of the temple throughout the Bible is that Eden was the first temple. You talked about heaven and earth colliding. There was uh, Eden was an overlap 
of heaven and earth, where God and man walked together and fellowshiped together. So Eden was that first actual first temple, and we've been trying to get back to Eden since since Adam's sin. I mean, that's right. that's what this whole journey is about, is about getting back to Eden and getting back into that place where we walk with God uh, without any without any interference, without any sin, without any um, without any separation. Um, and then the the next temple was was uh, the the tent, the tent of meeting, where mm-hmm. God would come and and meet with Moses, would meet with Aaron, would meet with the with the with the priests. And then after that, the the temple was the temple that Solomon built, and and that's where that's where God's presence would come and and meet with man. That was that joining of heaven and earth, and. Uh, the uh, the Ark of the Covenant was was a little bit that way as well, and then uh, they the, the the Jewish people the, the you know the temple would be torn down and be built back up and torn yeah. down and built back up and there was there was all this all of this uh, destruction of the temple and rebuilding of the temple up until the time of Jesus, and then Jesus said something really mind blowing to his followers. He said, "I will tear this building down and build it back up in three days," and. What he was saying at that point, and we all know this, that we are now, once once Christ was crucified and resurrected, he now comes and lives in us. So we are the final temple. We well, not the final temple, that will be the, the final temple in heaven, but we yeah. are now the temple. And we are where heaven and earth come together. It's it's a kind of a mind blowing thought. When you step up there to worship and lead worship, you are in a place where you are the place where heaven and earth come together and and that's where the holy spirit man is just doing his thing like never before is when all of us as temples come together and that's man it's it's a whole other topic but that that kind of stuff excites me knowing as worship leaders that we are the temple of god and that's where worship is happening 24 7 i love it Thank you for breaking it down like that. I think um, I need well, a the reminder, theologian, but I do like to read about that stuff. Well, I think we all need the reminder of of how God operates and how He sees us and views us, and it really comes down to like like we need that reminder of identity as worship leaders, um, and and that kind of leads me to to the last word I want to unpack on this podcast, and that is the word anointed. Um, I don't know how many of you've ever gotten that feedback, like, man, worship was just so anointed today. And I understand the heart behind the term. Uh, but, um, in my initial knee jerk reaction is like, when is it not? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, or or like, you know, what, what is that? What does that really mean? Like, does that mean it was, it was good or, uh, you know, the Bible says it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. So, you know, were yokes broken? Uh, you know, or those are, those are questions that I just kind of have in the back of my head. Uh, but what, what is, what does that word anointed mean to you? Um, and, and have you ever gotten that? I'm sure you've gotten it probably every week. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Anoint, yeah, yeah. Anointed it is, it is a term that's thrown around a lot and it doesn't bother me. I mean, uh, I think, I think we use that term anointed to, to, um, uh, to portray the idea that man, something happened more than what I was expecting. It was more, right? It was an mm. it was an extra moment in the service that that I didn't feel maybe last week, or or maybe someone you know people say your voice is anointed. Oh, your voice is anointed when you sing. I just feel the anointing. What you're feeling is the Holy Spirit, and mm-hmm. and I do believe 
I do. I do believe that there are some people who are just gifted with with a voice or a style of leadership that just mm-hmm. does something to you, and we call that anointing. Uh, but you know, the the anointing. What is it? It's uh, when when kings were anointed in the Bible. What was it? There was oil poured over their head, and and the oil is a representation of the Holy Spirit. That's so right. the kings were anointed with oil. And then they were given the gift of the Holy Spirit. So the only people in the Old Testament that had the Holy Spirit were kings and prophets. Mm-hmm. And that was something that God gave to certain individuals to carry out his mission. But oil has always represented the Holy Spirit. And so um, to be anointed means the Holy Spirit is using you. And sometimes the Holy Spirit wants to do something a little extra or mm-hmm. maybe you know, not not everybody in the room is going to feel. I'm, I'm doing air quotes here. Is going to feel <laughs> that anointing, uh, and maybe it's because that that moment wasn't meant for them, or maybe that moment right. wasn't wasn't as impactful for them. But there are certain people in the room that, and I know this to be a fact. You, you you've this has happened to you. I know Nick in services where you're just like, man, there's that one person over there. You talked about the, this older lady in the back. That was for her. Yeah, she felt the anointing or the move of the Holy Spirit more than maybe anybody else in the room did, and that's the beauty of the Holy Spirit. He's got a plan. Yeah. He's going to push you and use you in certain directions if you'll just be His vessel, and and that anointing is just that that Holy Spirit coming out of you, the Holy Spirit flowing through you, the Holy Spirit using you, and people feel that anointing oil of the Holy Spirit yeah. coming into their lives, and that's their exclamation that was anointed. Yeah, so good. I think about this all the time because I love what you said about people feeling the anointing because you may not get that feedback every week and not every worship setting you may get that. Um, but a lot of it has to do with the receptivity of your congregation, yeah. right? To what God is doing in the room. So if they're uh-huh. if they're not ready to receive, sometimes you won't get that feedback. But I don't want that to... Um, to affect our, like what we're responsible for is a knowing who we are, mm-hmm. knowing that we are anointed. What, um, if you, the minute you step on the platform, if you say yes to Jesus and you're saying yes to ministry and you're saying yes to serving and you're obedient to what he's called you to do, you are anointed. You That's are right. called. You are being led by God, mm-hmm. by the Holy Spirit. His presence is within you. And you are fully equipped and empowered to lead people um, exactly the way you are. Right. Um, and, and you don't so, get to judge. You don't get to judge how the Holy Spirit is using you or or what is what he's doing. I, I can tell you, I've been in so many services where it felt like I was leading worship to a painting. You know, people not singing, people not lifting their hands, people not moving, just people staring at you. Mm-hmm. And and I would be like, are we? Is this? Is anything happening? Am I in the wrong place at the wrong time? Is the Holy Spirit even doing anything here? And I've just learned over the years when that happens, just relax. The Holy yeah. Spirit's doing what He needs to do. Now, that's not your job. And I can't tell you how many times the people come up afterwards, and the the tears, and the stories, and the and the just the just the thankfulness. They, you know, I didn't see any emotion in them. When we were we were doing the music, but man, afterwards, yeah. God was doing something in their hearts, and I had no idea. So it's it just it just shows me over the years, you know, I don't get to judge what what's going on in people's hearts. Just do your job, 
just do Man. what you're supposed to do and and trust the Holy Spirit is with you and doing what only he can do. I feel like I've said so, that like 10 times now. I want to share a story as we close. That was so good, Andy. Thank you. Um, I want to share a story from this past weekend. So um, I actually got to uh, lead worship at a prison event uh, with oh, about wow. six, six or 700 inmates um, oh. with, with a friend of mine in Dallas over the weekend. And um, it's really interesting about the facility we were at. The prison is uh, for worship. They're not allowed to stand. And, uh, they have to stay seated. And so they can clap. There's, there were no screens or anything. So we're singing really familiar songs. And, yeah. you know, some of them are just watching, maybe throw a hymn in there. How great is our God? And, but we're, le I'm singing and I'm leading. And, you know, I'm, I'm like, it's not a traditional church setting. So you're like, God, just do what only you can do. And I, it's, it's, it was a great reminder for me that, that my job is not to judge outward anything, but really to, be obedient and surrender to what he's called me to do in the moment and, and how to lead them. Um, but uh, I think the thing that really stood out to me is in those moments where, cause like some of like, they were mo spontaneous moments where they felt led to stand and would stand, but, and they, they said, yeah, let them stand, uh -huh. but encourage them to sit back down after, you know, after a few moments, because yeah. if everybody's standing, it, it literally becomes kind of a security thing. And, um, and so as they sat back down, I just thought to myself, sometimes I feel like the noise, the clapping and the amens and all of the charismatic expressions that we typically have can sometimes serve as a distraction <laughs> to like the depth of what this Holy Spirit wants to do in us. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but, but yet we celebrate the outward expression. We want to see hands lifted. We want to see people crying out. We want to see people um, expressing themselves in freedom to God. But what if freedom looked like quiet reverence before the Lord? Mm. What if, what if, uh, a Holy Spirit moment was, was, was that as opposed to what we want our social media to look like, which is hands raised all over the room mm, and whatever. Right, right. Listen, we, we had 171 of those inmates say yes to Jesus oh. and get back, get baptized. Incredible. And I can't help but think to myself, like, they were limited in their response, their ability to respond, yeah. but they were not limited in the work that the Holy Spirit was doing in their life. So the lesson in that to me is, like you said, do not judge by outward appearances. Do not judge by what you see. Allow, be aware of the Holy Spirit's work in the, in the room that you're in and allow the Holy Spirit to do what only he can do. That's right. He is so faithful. He is so faithful. He's not going to leave you. He'll never leave you. It's the same. It's the same thing we know about God and Jesus. The Holy Spirit is the same. They are one, and He will never leave you nor forsake you. So, um, you know, you just have this confidence. The Holy Spirit is with you and wants to do amazing things when you lead worship. And you know, we didn't touch on this about about uh, you know. Do you build in moments for the Holy Spirit? I think you can. That just becomes a trust issue between you and the Holy Spirit. How much trust do you have that he's going to put the right words in your mouth or lead you in the right direction? I personally love that. When I go lead worship somewhere now, I don't care if it's a Southern Baptist church or a Methodist church or wherever that doesn't really flow, you know, much in the Holy Spirit. I'll just say, can I can I just can we just build in 2 minutes here where mm -hmm. it could That's just great. go anywhere and just be prepared? Uh, because I just want to flow 
I want to I want to hear from the Holy Spirit, and maybe He just says, "Keep going." I don't I don't need a I don't need a a moment here. I'm doing I'm doing what I want to do, but I always t- try. And when I when I train worship leaders too, you know, this is one of the things we talk about a lot is, you know, the Holy Spirit can use you and will use you as you're planning your set. You alluded to this earlier. He will He will speak to you as you're putting your set together. But he wants to continue to speak to you throughout the week. Let's say right. you plan your service on Monday. Be in tune with the Holy Spirit and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you and guide you on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Amen. You know, and he'll begin to inform you. And, and you'll start to get these feelings of, man, maybe we should linger more in this area here. Or maybe mm-hmm. we should double this course. You know, maybe we should change a song. And sometimes the Holy Spirit <laughs> just wants you to obey him. And yeah. wants you to hear him uh, in in the moment. Uh, what we can't do, I don't think what the 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 the, uh, the prudent thing to do is just say, "Okay, Holy Spirit, whatever you want," and I'm just going to wait here until you do something. And not that that's that would never amount to anything, but I think the Holy Spirit wants you to be involved. He wants you to do yeah. your work as well mm-hmm. and be prepared. And uh, um, you know, it's it's interesting. Um, I talked to I won't I won't reveal this person's name or where they where they're from, but I talked to a very influential worship artist that um, had him on my radio show, who's with a a very spirit led organization in worship, and I said I said listen is is your spontaneous worship really that spontaneous, and he said no, not not really it's 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 we we practice a ton of different options. And we have a ton of different options in our back pocket when we go to worship. And then we just let the Holy Spirit choose which options he wants. And so rarely does the Holy Spirit do do something completely new and completely out of the box that all of us are trying to catch up to. Um, But we do rely on the Holy Spirit to to say, hey, that song, why don't you pull that song up right now? Why don't you Mm -hmm. go this direction? But it's things that we've already rehearsed. We're all on the same page. We're very confident in that we know, okay, we can go that direction and not leave anybody on the wayside. So do your part. Do your part. Be prepared. Uh, pray about it. Uh, work at your craft. Uh, and then and then leave room for the Lord. And then go, okay, Holy Spirit, here's what we got. You want to change anything? I'm open. It's yours. You do what you want to do. And that's where you you really find that balance of of doing what you're good at and then letting the Holy Spirit do what he's good at. So good. Love it. Thank you, Andy, so much for joining and, uh, and being a part of this. It's been, oh, yeah, I love it's, these conversations. It, it's a great conversation to have. Um, I, if you're listening to this, I'd love to hear your feedback or even just chat with your team, uh, and find out, you know, what everybody feels about some of these terms and really, um, be confident in, in who you are, knowing that you are spirit led, uh, that you are anointed, that you are prophetic, that they're, that those things are kind of built in, but also, um, they, they, are, there are things that we should lean into and be aware of in the room. Um, even as we're talking, I'm already thinking about, uh, another podcast we should do just on transitions and, oh, um, and, and, and Thank transitions are, are everything in worship, but like, yeah. um, leaving room for response, um, mm-hmm. and not just filling up all of our time with singing, um, and, and what that looks like, uh, in different settings. So anyways, let's not get too carried away. This is leading worship, uh, With Nick and Andy, so glad you guys joined us. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. See you next time.